Hi, Carmina. Hi, Patch. Hi, listeners. Welcome to Jeepney Trip, a podcast where we explore everything fun, weird, and in-between about the Philippines. A word about our sponsor. Jeepney Trip is sponsored by Soulpack, a functional shoe accessory bag. Its patented design stores your shoes on the sides of your backpack and provides an ergonomic and hygienic means to carry your shoes. Now you can travel hands-free, have more space inside your backpack, and keep your dirty shoes away from everything. Be sure to also check out their string bags and backpacks for more options. Visit thesoulpack.com and enter Jeepney Trip 10 at checkout for a 10% discount. Now back to our show. Today's trip is a culture trip, and we are going to talk about Filipino names, origins, and practices. That part of our history is also really very interesting because there were different customs that existed before the Spaniards arrived. Most pre-colonial Filipinos were named after the area of their residence. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, someone who lived by the seashore were called Kato Tabing Dagat. Or someone who resided in the forest would be named Ginobatan. Right. Sometimes they are named after someone in their family. So, for example, Aponi Tuliao or Anakni Tuliano would be grandchildren of Tuliao or child of Tuliano. And it sometimes also went the other way around where the parents would somehow drop their names and they were referred to as the father or the mother of somebody. Mm-hmm. So there's been different customs that were being followed, which again makes sense, right? Because the Philippines were inhabited by different ethnicities at certain points in time and there wasn't unifying custom or that tradition of naming all throughout the Philippines. Right. At least not until the Spanish introduced the surnames. That's right. And it wasn't until Governor and Captain General Narciso Claveria were our surnames organized. Claveria arrived in the Philippines in 1844, towards the latter part of the Spanish rule. And He was described as honest, hardworking, and more interested in the welfare of the Philippines and his own popularity or wealth, which was rare during that time. And this next thing really has nothing to do with names, but one of the things that he discovered, Mm -hmm. our calendar was wrong for almost 300 years. (laughs) The Spanish explorers didn't really take into account the time zones. So our other Asian neighbors had already adjusted their calendars, except for us. We were always a day behind. (laughs) Yeah, I read a little bit about it. Claveria traveled all over the country to visit the provinces and did his best to observe the practical problems and issues. And what he came away with is that he needed to harmonize and formalize surnames. So after all this time being under the Spanish rule, why did they decide to give us the Spanish surnames? You can belong to one family and everyone could have different surnames. 
So that made it really very complicated to govern. Because as you can imagine, it would have been really difficult, for example, to find out who paid taxes and who didn't. Uh-huh. And the other reason that they gave was for marriage purposes. So the priests or the friars who were marrying people often had to establish that there was no consanguinity between the parties who were getting married. Or in other words, that they're not blood relations. So let's talk about some of the surnames that were adopted at that time. Yeah, and the method with which they did it was also very interesting. And they did it through a book named the Catalogo Alphabetico de Apellidos. Translated to English, that means the Catalog of Surnames. But it wasn't only Spanish surnames that were included in it. The Spanish friars also included every existing surname that they came across, including indigenous Filipino names. And some of the names that were also in there were names that they gave to the natives, which could sometimes be derogatory. (laughs) And they were derived from plants, animals, minerals, plus a whole bunch of other common or everyday you know, words. Some of them were really downright offensive. So some of the names in the catalog were baboy, meaning pig, baka, meaning cow, balbon, meaning hairy, balbas, which means beard, and bangkai, meaning corpse. Can you imagine what fun these Spanish friars must have been having? I mean, and some of them I don't even want to read out because they're quite foul. Like what? I don't really want to. Come on. Say it. (laughs) Which means? Fart. Um, And some refers to the genitalia. Why? Why did they do that to us? (laughs) That is just so mean. Apparently, those names weren't very popular, so I don't think any of them survived. I mean, do you know anyone named Maria Ututa? No, but they could exist. (laughs) So, Patch, the process by which this was implemented also made for very interesting consequences down the line. A copy of this catalog was sent to all heads of provinces, and each of those heads of provinces were assigned a certain number of surnames according to the number of households in their territories. Apparently, there are towns whose surnames are all one letter. Oh, that's funny. If you were assigned the entire letter R from that catalog, you had no choice but to pick from those pages that were assigned to you. So can you just imagine how much more complicated life became for the indigenous Filipinos when they were so used to just using one name and perhaps even in that name, just a description of their, you know, surroundings or physical characteristics to now be required to not only have a surname, but then the practice of having both a first name and a middle name also came about 
So we have the first name. The middle name is really the mother's name, right? Right. And then the surname. So, for example, Maria Santos Cruz. Santos is Maria's mother's maiden name. Right. And then there also evolved a custom where there were multiple first names. So, for example, you call me Carmina, but my first name is actually Maria Carmina. And your first name is Maria Paz. And then, when the Americans arrived, it became even more confusing. How did the Americans complicate it? Because they consider the middle name your second first name. So, Maria Carmina is no longer my full first name. Maria became my first name and Carmina became my middle name. Right. Do you remember when we first moved to the United States, how confused we were about this whole thing? I mean, I'm confused right now. (laughs) And just to illustrate too how ridiculous it became. So we have another friend whose name is Maria Virginia or Maria Virginia. So, I'm Maria Carmina, you're Maria Paz, and she's Maria Virginia. So, when we got here, we were all Marias. And so, when we call each other at work, for example, and we're looking for Maria, and they ask, who's calling? It's Maria. Yeah, and something like this happened in real life, right? So, I called you first. I looked for Maria. And the person said, oh, she's not available right now. Who's calling? And then I said, Maria. So because I didn't get to talk to you, I called our other friend. And the same thing happened. She wasn't available. (laughs) And they asked who was calling. And I said, Maria. When I put the phone down after all this, I wondered if either of you knew which Maria was calling. (laughs) I don't remember exactly how that all worked out. People address you formally as Maria. Why not Carmina? I just didn't get with the program until too late. (laughs) When I got here, they said Maria was my first name and Carmina was my middle name. And I just went along with it, not really thinking, wait, I have a choice in this. Honestly, I have the same experience. Hence, we're all Maria now. And in any case, I never felt comfortable with my name, Pass. I just didn't feel like it suited my personality. I mean, do you even know what Pass means? It means peace. Yes, exactly. Don't you agree? It doesn't suit my personality at all. And Patch does? Actually, it's another way of saying Pass. And this might be awkward, but... Carmina, all these years, you've been mispronouncing my name. What? How have I mispronounced your name? It's actually Pachot. No way. (laughs) Yes, way. And this is very genius of me. It really is spelled P-A-C-H-O-T. And it's... But since I liked how people were addressing me as Pachot, I put a letter T after P-A. So I spelled my name P-A-T-C-H-O-T. 
Oh my goodness. If the listeners can see me now, my mouth is wide open. <laughs> With an incredulous look on my face. Because we've known each other since we were six years old. And I'm not even going to say how old we are right now. Very old. And now you're telling me I've been saying it incorrectly all these years? Yes. So I guess this is a good segue to talking about how uniquely Filipinos name their offspring. (laughs) More recently, it's become more and more outrageous. But let's start with, you know, some of the classics. Uh A lot of Filipino first names are formed by reversing the spelling of a Western name. And the most popular example is Dranreb, which is Bernard backwards. This is more of a nickname. A lot of Filipinos refer to the youngest child of the family as baby. That's right. So even if that person is already 80 years old, they will forever be known as baby. Okay, so how about the youngest uh, child who's a boy? That nickname will be boy. Boy. (laughs) I mean, how about the penchant of Filipino parents to have a theme? So a theme could be naming everybody with the same letter of their first name, right? So those are the milder forms of themes. Other themes could be what I came across, which is somebody actually named their child Sincerely Yours 98. Wow. Did you read about that? No. (laughs) This has been all over the internet. So Sincerely Yours 98 started when Sincerely's father, (laughs) whose name is traditionally named Macario, decided that instead of naming his first son the same, you know how we also like having juniors, right? Right. So instead of naming his son Macario Jr., he named him Macaroni 85. (laughs) Because he thought it was just posh to call him macaroni 85 then they had the second kid spaghetti 88 of course so after having those two kids they weren't expecting to have any more however they did many years later and they were they were trying to think of a name they thought well you know this is probably gonna be our last kid So maybe we should be naming it like how you close a letter to symbolize that she's the last child. A sign off. But wait, that's not where it ended. Oh my gosh. Spaghetti had kids of her own. And since she's named Spaghetti. Is it meatballs? That's two kids. She named her kids cheese pimento (laughs) and parmesan cheese. I mean, they just did not end the theme (laughs) with sincerely. But I really admire that these folks stuck to their names and they really are proud of their names. More power to them. Speaking of unique 
names. Mm-hmm. What about some of the names I came across for the Filipino Chinese? Okay. Have you come across some of the names like Edgar Allan <laughs> or Doris D? <laughs> Hoping that they don't get offended and we're laughing, I'm sure no. they've endured worse during their lives. But this is really just a testament to Filipino creativity. It is very creative. So macaroni. <laughs> I'm not done with that family. So macaroni, 85. So his nickname is Mac. Okay. I like Mac. He named his son (laughs) HTML. (laughs) I love this family. I feel like they're such a fun family, don't you think? I mean, I hope so. I just feel like they just have such creativity and like love of humor. Otherwise, why would you do this? Okay, I have other ones. <laughs> okay. There's a family where all three brothers, their names are all made up of consonants. I mean, there's Asia. I've heard of Asia. Huh? Continents. Oh, continents. Did you, did you say continents? No. Consonants. Oh, okay. Continents. So one of the brothers is named Zaiden Azer, spelled P Z X Y D Y N N Y Z Z R. Zaiden Azer. The other one, the second one, is named Janil Rizm. D-J-K-N-Y-L-L-R-Y-S-Y-M. And then the youngest one is Jairi Linz. D-Z-Y-W-R-T-Y-G-H-L-Y-N-Z-H. I mean, when you're in kindergarten, it's hard enough to spell normal names. And then I came across this really funny blog, again, in this spirit of themes. Do you remember Freddie Webb? Yes. Yeah, he was a basketball player, and then Mm -hmm. he became a politician, right? Yes. He -hmm. has a grandson whose Mm -hmm. middle name, thank God it wasn't his first name, but his middle name is Spider. (laughs) So it's Joshua Spider Webb. And this blogger was saying, what's next, Cobb? <laughs> and what about this trend about duplicating, right? So bong bong, bing bing, mm-hmm. ting ting. I couldn't really find any origin story about it, but theory is that it just sounds endearing. It is. And I guess we have to remember that the parents of whoever named these children had their reasons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope it doesn't wasn't for pure entertainment. I hope so too. And in 2001, 
And I don't know mm-hmm. why this happened, but a law was passed where you could change your name. Some of the reasons that were given in this law, why you could change your name, was number one, if you find your first name or nickname to be ridiculous, mm-hmm. tainted with dishonor, or extremely difficult to write or pronounce. If your new first name or nickname has been habitually and continually used such that you're publicly known by that name, or if the change will avoid confusion. That's the Republic Act of 9048, and that was passed in March 2001. I have to wonder if they had in mind all of these, you know, names that we've been talking about. Probably. I did see a YouTube video of Mm -hmm. the Consonant Brothers and Sincerely Yours. They were joined by Drinkwater. (laughs) That name came about because the mom was always thirsty when she was pregnant. I admired the mother so much because she basically said to everybody who had a problem with it to suck it up because that's (laughs) what she wants to name her kid. So, Patch, that was equal parts educational and hysterical. And it also definitely showcases our sense of humor and uniqueness as Filipinos. To those whose names we mentioned today, in spite of our laughter, we want you to know that we admire you and your love for your identities. And that's our episode. Join us on our next trip. Oshasha. Ingat. Thanks for listening to Jeepney Trip with Carmina and Patch. Logo designed by Fred Agkawili. If you want to listen to more episodes, please subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts or wherever all fine podcasts are downloaded. We'd love to hear from you, so please rate and leave a review. Follow Jeepney Trip on Twitter and Instagram. If you have a question, email us at jeepneytrip at gmail.com. Uh-huh.